Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com. This series has been amazing because what you look at is what you'll look like. So I'm just diverting your attention, bringing your eyes, focusing on Jesus, what he did, how he was, so that we would do what he did and even greater. Does that make sense? John 14, 12, anyone who believes in me will do the same mighty works and greater because I go to the Father, right? So the only way to do that in my mind is to look at Jesus so that we'll look like Jesus. You're picking up what I'm putting down. All right. Sorry. Still got a little bit of Keisha up here. It's good. It's good. Yeah. So we're going to read John 6. We're going to read about Jesus walking on water. How many of you have tried? I've got my hand in the air. How many of you have failed? <laughs> this guy right here. Yeah. It's good. That means you're childlike. That means you're entering the kingdom like a child. You're like, oh, Jesus did it. I can do it. <laughs> you know? That's what he said. Amen? Amen. So believe me, this is going to get real real holy in just a minute. Don't worry. If you're worried about the... It's going to get legal in just a minute. We're going to read the Bible. <laughs> read the scriptures and it'll be legal. Yeah, here we go. This is right after Jesus fed the 5,000. He led. He fed the 5,000 men, by the way, because there's more like 10,000 people with women and children included. Okay? So he fed 10,000 people with five loaves and two fish. Two fishes. That's just an estimate number, okay? 5,000 men, but you can think of it, you know, women and children would be much more, right? And so this is right after that. Right after he does that, he sends the disciples on a, into a boat across the lake, and he goes up the mountain. Let's read it. John 6, 16 through 21, and the English Standard Version says, When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. Say frightened. Do you know what that word means? <laughs> frightened. Yes. Scared. Freaked out. Yes. But he said to them, it is I. Do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at land to which they were going. Now, I'm going to read this again in the, in the Gospel of Matthew, the same occurrence, because Matthew gives us a little bit more detail, and it's really amazing, and the Lord told me to do that. So here it is, Matthew 14, 22 through 20, or 33 in the Passion Translation. It says, as soon as the people were fed, Jesus told his disciples to get into their boat and go to the other side of the lake while he stayed behind to dismiss the people. After the crowds dispersed, Jesus went up the hills to pray. I'm sorry, that right there is a miracle for me. How did he get 10,000 people to go away? Like, how did he? I have a hard time getting some of you out of the building after church on Sunday. How did he do that? I don't know, Lord. But I see it so I can be it. You know, I'm just like, it's going to happen. Anyway, I'm I'm being a little funny, but seriously, think about it. One man in a countryside dispersed 10,000. You know, crazy good. He went up the hills to pray, and as night fell, he was there praying alone with God. But the disciples, who were now in the middle of the lake, ran into trouble. Their boat was tossed about by the high winds and the heavy seas. At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them, walking on the waves. When the disciples saw him walking on top of the water, they were terrified and screamed, A ghost! 
I'm reading it correctly to you right now. This is how we need to read this. Then Jesus said, be brave and don't be afraid. I am here. I am is here. Peter shouted out, Lord, if it is really you, then have me join you on the water. Come and join me, Jesus replied. So Peter stepped out onto the water and began to walk toward Jesus. But when he realized how high the waves were, he became frightened and started to sink. Save me, Lord, he cried out. Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and lifted him up and said, What little faith you have. Why would you let doubt win? And at the very moment they both stepped into the boat, the raging wind ceased. Then all the disciples crouched down before him and worshipped Jesus. They said in adoration, You are truly the Son of God. Amen? Say that really happened. Say that really happened. It's not a parable. It's not just like some fairy tale we tell our kids before they go to sleep. It's a historical account of what actually happened. I'm going to Israel this week for the ninth time in my life. I'm very excited. Yes, very excited. And we're going to be ministering all throughout the Galilee. I'm going to be leading worship for about 75 hungry, crazy Jesus lovers. We're going to be worshiping Jesus in in Bethlehem, in Palestine, on both sides of the fence. We go and minister to... I yeah. We minister in places that I probably shouldn't say on live stream right now. Um, but we, we are going and we're going to celebrate the Lord. But one thing I love to do is go to the Sea of Galilee and just put my hand in that water. I've done it eight times now. I'm like, yep, still just water. <laughs> like, and like, I just put my hand in there and I think, like, this is the water. This is the place where he walked. He walked on this. Because I believe it really happened. I'm a believer. And for me, the tangible thing is an important part of it. I just, I just feel like that's just, it feeds my soul. It speaks to my spirit. It speaks to my mind. It confirms things to me, you know? Like you can go, you can go with me probably next year unless you are really creative and can get on the same flights and stuff by Wednesday. You can go with me, <laughs> right? And we will walk together and we'll put our hands on the stones to the temple that he walked in. That he would have absolutely walked on. Like we will go. And you will see. The, the, it's like the Bible becomes 4D. It's amazing. And that for me just starts just to shore up in my heart. And to create instruction in me that wow. Jesus really did that. And I really can as well. There's, that's the connection point for me. Amen. It's not just like over there someplace I've never been. Like going there really helps. I believe every believer should go. That's just, that's just my belief. So. But some pictures from this story that make me just my heart leap. They make my, um, I'm sorry, Rick Deaton, you're here. Rick Deaton, would you stand, Rick? I just saw you. Rick, stand up. Rick is the one hosting the 24-7 burn on February 28th. He's sitting down on the right. I just want to honor you, man. Honor you. You're amazing. That guy, his prayers are the reason we're okay, I promise you. He has battered the heavens on, on your behalf. On my behalf, but that means on your behalf too, you know what I mean? So he's amazing, a prayer warrior, and he's super incredible. I just saw you, so sorry. Anyway, I saw Jesus sitting in the corner. I had to point him out. <laughs> Christ in you is the hero of your story. Christ in me is the hero of my story. When people do something amazing, they should automatically, people should automatically go, that was definitely God. Amen. If you do something God-like, People will go, that was not you, that was God. There's no room for pride in doing miracles because people know it had to be God. It couldn't be you. It's when we start like kind of faking it a little bit that we can take some of the credit. 
But if it's the real thing, everybody knows. That was the Lord. Period. It's a prayer of my life. I've said it multiple times in this series. A prayer of my life is that God would work with, through me so in, like, incredibly, amazingly huge that if I tried to take the credit, everyone would laugh. Immediate laughter. Immediate, ha ha, you're crazy. That was not you. That's, that's my prayer. You can take that for yourself. And Jesus walking on the water is an example of God intervening in, in the world. The supernatural breaking into the natural. Amen. How many know that you're just on the other side of the veil, that heaven is actually all around us because the heavenly man is all around us? How many know heaven is not over there on a cloud? Heaven is everywhere. Because the king doesn't go anywhere without his whole kingdom. Actually, all of heaven is within Christ, not Christ in heaven. It says the heavens cannot contain you, O Lord. That means he contains the heavens. Wherever he is, heaven is, and he's everywhere. The psalmist said, if I go to the highest heights, you are there. If I go to the depths of Sheol, you are there. Everywhere. I don't feel God in that place. Not his fault. the, The presence of God is not there. Heresy. You know, the river runs through the low place, right? So there might just be a little bit of stream, a little bit of trickle. It just means you're not low enough to find it. You might be thinking too highly of yourself. There's no presence here. And it's right there. You're just not low enough to find it. Hallelujah. Jesus... Broke, he used his vessel to bring the supernatural into the natural. He brought it from the other side of the veil. Are you guys okay? He brought it in, and that's how he was able to walk on water. Are you following me? And this is one of the most amazing parts of the story. This is what I love so much. Did you notice that Jesus didn't calm the waves? He walked above the chaos. He used the chaos as his sidewalk. Hmm. They're out there struggling in the boat. It's a bunch of chaos. There's a bunch of the waves are whipping all around them. It's crazy. They've been, it's four in the morning, y'all. I mean, they've been working for a while now. Okay. They're having a hard time. And he's like, you know what? They're, I just can hear the pra- I can hear the unspoken prayer request of the disciples. Okay, I've got an unspoken. This is an unspoken in the Bible. Unspoken prayer. Lord, please stop these waves. Right? They're in the boat. Lord, please stop these waves. Right? And he doesn't answer that unspoken prayer. He doesn't answer that. He walks on the waves. He doesn't calm the chaos. He walks above it. You might be praying for God to calm your chaos. And he might just be walking above it and asking you to come out of the boat with him and join him on his leisurely stroll. (laughs) This is actually called the Sea of Galilee. The word Galilee in Aramaic is actually the word for revelation. Jesus walked on the waves of revelation. And when we sit and complain about our circumstance, instead of stepping out upon that same body, 
of revelation. We get stuck. We get frustrated. We get annoyed. Come on. You can shout me down, girl. Bring it. Don't worry. I'm fine. I'm fine. He didn't calm the waves because they were waves of revelation. Do you know what the word revelation means? It's unveiling. They were waves meant to unveil. I uh, believe it was Spurgeon. Somebody help me. I don't know. Some very awesome orator once said, I've learned to kiss the waves that smash me against the rock of ages. I've learned to kiss the waves that smash me against the rock of ages. They're a gift. What was meant to unveil Christ to them scared them out of their minds. <laughs> Are you okay? This is also the Sea of Tiberias. The Sea of Tiberias, Tiberius being the greatest authority at the time. He's a Roman emperor. He walked above the greatest the sea of not named after the greatest authority. He walked above the chaotic authority of the day. Let me just put it to you and I'm going to leave it. I'm going to say it and I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to say it and go on. I'm just going to keep going after I say this. You might be praying for chaos to end in the authorities in your life, namely the government. And God might just be ignoring you and walking above that chaos. Better at using it to reveal your heart to you. And so you're praying for something to end might be going against what God is doing. You're welcome, Facebook. Take it. Just get mad about it. We're streaming. Get mad about it. Get about it. Whatever. They called God a ghost. Do you remember this? They called God a ghost. They said, it's a ghost. And some scholars in that day have brought out this amazing, important Understanding that in that day, the Pharisees had a, a myth that had a, a belief that there was actually this sea demon that hung out at the Sea of Galilee. This is, this is commentaries, okay? This is extra biblical. The Pharisees of that day believed in the supernatural. The Sadducees didn't. The Pharisees did, okay? Yeah? You guys follow me? The Pharisees had a rumor and a myth that there was this she demon that would take children by the edge of the sea and bring them into the waters. And they have commented on this passage saying it's most likely that the disciples thought to themselves, it's that she-demon thing. They didn't even get the gender right, guys. They called their deliverance the devil. What they thought was a spirit worth fearing was actually their deliverance at hand. How many times have you called your deliverance the devil? Let me make it easier. How many times this week? (laughs) (laughs) They called God a ghost. Don't Don't call your deliverance the devil. Your situation. God isn't answering my prayers. The devil is hindering my prayers. No. No, God isn't answering that prayer. He's calling you higher to walk among the chaos, above the chaos. If God answered every prayer you gave him, you'd be in big trouble right now. Big trouble. It's out of his mercy that he sovereignly does not answer some prayers. I'm saying he doesn't say yes to every prayer of your heart. Sometimes he answers with this beautiful word, no. 
my, my son Judah, he comes to me and he can't say the S on snack. He can't say S on, he goes, neck. He goes, neck. And he, it's bedtime. He ate his oatmeal and everything. And he's just like pulling on my finger. He's like, knack, knack, knack. And I said, no, 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 night night. You know, that's like, that's you and the Lord. You're like, please, please. He's like, no, no, take a break. Go to bed. Quit stressing out. Stop it. Takes more faith to rest than it does to work anyway. It's okay. You can repent at any time. Just, you know, just do a big blink. Like, <laughs> blink your eyes. You know? I've called my deliverance the devil. Hello? I have situations in my life that did not look like it was God working. I found out a little bit later. Oh, that was you, Lord. Uh, sorry I called you a demon. I was over here rebuking the enemy and you were working on my behalf. Oops. <laughs> and then Peter. Peter, the best. This is the best. Peter's the best. I relate to Peter a lot. That's great. He goes, scared out of his mind, thinking it's a she demon, you know. And he hears the voice of the lover of his soul. He hears the voice that created him before time. He hears the I am speaking. Suddenly the wind and the waves are eclipsed by the breath of his mouth. He says, it is I, don't be afraid. And Peter goes, if it's you. (laughs) If it is you. I love that if. That if in my Bible is this big. I love it. That's what I call iffy faith. Iffy faith is the water walking kind. We all want three fleeces and a cloud and a lightning bolt in the sky. If such and such calls me and she says exactly what you just said to me, Lord, if she says what you said, I'm going to believe you. It's okay. It's okay. You can repent. (laughs) I'm being funny. We need all this stuff. When God's like, as long as you have an if, I'll breathe on your if. It's called iffy faith. We're all like, I want to know, I want to know, you know. And that water is absolutely water. Iffy faith. Peter had iffy faith. If that doesn't encourage you, I don't know what else. Iffy faith is the water walking kind. Come on. Iffy. If it is you, Lord. And this is what I love about that, because it was freaking him out. You understand? God was doing something that scared him to his wit's end. And his response in hearing the voice of the Lord is, let me do the thing that's scaring me to my wit's end. So many times we are the theology police, y'all. Just, just, today is the day of salvation, all right? I'm just helping you. With a theology, that's not God, that's God, that's not God, that's God, not God, God, not God, God, not God, God, not God, God. Definitely not God, God. I'm sure. The way they're acting, the way they're laughing, rolling around, whatever, not God, that's a demon. (laughs) 
Because it's outside of your expectation. It's outside of your paradigm. And God is still walking amidst the sea of revelation. He is still using the waves and turmoil to unveil you to you. If it is you, call me out to you. Know what that is? That's like, Lord, if you're doing that thing, the thing that's freaking me out and I think it's super weird and not God, if that is you, God, let me do it too. That's how you can, this is a safe litmus test, a biblical litmus test. You walk into a church gathering, someone doing something really weird, you say, God, if that's you, do it to me too. Now watch out now, because... That's a dangerous prayer. That is a dangerous prayer. Iffy faith. Come on. Say, all I need is an if. Isn't that good news? Come on. Iffy faith is the water walking kind. So good. And then Peter. Peter walks on the water. I think sometimes we miss this. Peter. Unsanctified. Unredeemed. Peter. Carnal. Peter. Just flesh. Peter walked on the water. Why? Obedience to the word. So if you have some paradigm that unbelievers can't hear the voice of God, I'm sorry. I have a whole Bible full of them that heard and it was changed. It changed it from the inside out. They hear his voice and you might, you might get a little bit upset. You might get a little bit of jealous. I have, I have, this is just Caleb's opinion. Can I tell you? Say, this is Caleb's opinion. I have some suspicions why this part is left out of John's gospel. The whole Peter walking on the water thing, not mentioned. Just forgot that part, John. John also said that Peter and John had a foot race, and John got there first. He says it twice. Just some, just some suspicions. And you and I also, God is using them. Lord, I got to talk to you about this. Don't you know that they have a lang- their language? Have you heard their language? Have you heard the way they speak, Lord? He doesn't even, he doesn't even, have, he doesn't even have Bible training. He, he, he got impatient with me once. She was so rude to me that one time. How can God be using her? That's, that's not God. That's the devil. That's the devil. He comes as an angel of light. All the theological excuses to hide your bitter jealousy. That's called the boat. Hiding in the boat. Accusing your brothers and sisters. And we know Peter sank. Why? Because he took his eyes off the promise keeper and put them on the problem. That's what happens. When we take our eyes off the promise keeper and focus on the problem, we sink. We fall. We lose our footing. This is why the writer of Hebrews says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher, the the one who begins and ends our faith. We run the race with endurance. Looking unto Jesus only. Eyes off the problem, eyes on the promise. It's not spiritual to complain. It's not spiritual to complain. 
It's spiritual to be honest with the Lord about the issue. But it's not spiritual to whine. <laughs> the Lord will take it. If that's the only time you give him, he loves you enough, he'll take it. He adores it. All, all they do is whine. He's not all they do is whine. He's like, all they do is whine, but I'm with them and I'm, I'm good with that. But I'm trying to bring you into maturity. We need to grow up into all things. It's spiritual to see a problem and say, problem, you are not Lord. Jesus is Lord. And you're going to submit to him. I'm going to look over here. I'm not even going to deal with you. I'm going to look at him. And you're going to submit. I'm going to watch it happen. Every knee will bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I don't even got time for you. I don't have time for wasting time on you because you are going to submit. I've got Jesus. I don't care about you. I'm not talking about being spiritually ignorant or being spiritually denying things. I'm talking about denying them their place of ultimate influence. Peter walked on the sea of revelation. He sank when his eyes were off the promise and onto the problem. And Jesus said this, that you, I'm sure you've heard this many times. What? He say it. Let's do it authorized. Oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> King James. Oh, ye of little faith. Has anyone been told to have little faith? I have. I'm about to flip that whole thing on its head right now. And change your life concerning that statement. Because he did not say what you think he said. He did not say what you think he said. This is a compound word in the Greek. And it, it's little and faith smushed into one word. And I don't know about you, but I define a word, a compound word at, with both definitions, right? So we, a compound word, we take it and we go, that word means this, that word means that. They come together, they mean one thing, right? Yeah. And we have boiled it down to a point and an understanding that was not what was uttered from Jesus' mouth. I promise you. Because the word little here, the word in the Greek, little, as in little faith, is small in the sense of time or short. That's the strongest concordance. What brief faith you had. It wasn't, what little tiny faith you have, Peter, you little weenie. <laughs> Haven't you you've been with me for a couple of years now, don't you know? What's wrong with you? How tiny is your faith? He said, you gave up early, bro. Let me prove this out for you. Matthew 17, when Jesus goes up the mountain, Mount of Transfiguration comes back down. A man brings his son to Jesus and says, I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. He has epilepsy. He's thrown into the fire, into the water, right? Yep. And then... Jesus says, oh, you unbelieving generation, all that stuff. And says, bring the boy to me. Heals him instantly. It was God's will and God's time. Say, it was God's will and God's time. Otherwise, Jesus would be working against God. And that, no worky. That don't, that don't work. So, it was God's will and God's time. But the disciples couldn't do it. When we don't see ha- miracles happen, what do we say? Must not be God's time. I'm not sure if it's even God's will. That, talking about the capital C church, y'all. I'm not accusing anyone. I'm observing our lack of revelation. And this might feel a little windy and weird, and, but let it slam you against the rock of ages, isn't it? When he said little faith, he said, what brief faith did you have? And the disciples ask him later, wisely, they say, why could we not cast out the demon from the boy? In Matthew 17, you remember this? He said, because of your little faith, because you have such little faith. And then some translations go on in different occurrences and say, this only comes out by prayer and fasting. 
right? So he says, what little faith? Because of your little faith. He was not saying because you didn't have enough faith. He was saying you weren't bold enough, uh, enough about the faith you had to keep it in the game. It was because of your brief faith. You prayed once, it didn't work. You gave up, made a theological excuse. You prayed twice, used another excuse. You've been praying for years. Uh, 30, where's, where's the threshold, guys? 40, you pray for 40 years, all of a sudden the word of God is not true? 60? 70? 90? Where, where do we get to elevate our experience above his word and his name? Where is that legal? At what year point? What brief faith you had. What little faith. And then he goes on to say, even if you have the faith in Matthew 17, of a mustard seed. There ain't no smaller seed. There's the tiniest little seed. Even if you have the faith of a tiny little mustard seed. You can say to this mountain, jump, and it will jump into the sea for you. What is he saying? You don't need bigger faith. You need to be bold about the faith that you have. Don't be brief in your faith. That's what he's saying. So, some have taken that and cursed you with it and said, you have such little faith, you little faithian, you little... I have this much faith. You have this much faith. No. It doesn't matter how much faith you have. Each one has been given a measure of faith. You just keep it in the game. Keep your mustard seed planted. Just keep it there. And that's what Peter did. He uprooted his mustard seed. All he had was an if, little iffy seed, I don't know, maybe, maybe this will create a tree, it's so tiny, I don't know. Iffy, right? He uprooted it. He just said, no, he didn't leave it planted. You know, some seed takes up to 20 years to sprout. Some promises are not even for, your, for you to see some promises you're supposed to travail for and your children will get. Get over it. It's not all about you. Does that help? <laughs> Little faith is brief. Say brief. I won't have brief faith. Come on, say it. I won't have brief faith. I'm not going to give up too early. Amen. And this is just my last little picture, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave you alone here. <laughs> in Mark's gospel, in Mark's version, this Mark 6.48, there's this hilarious little statement. And I'm mostly sharing this because it really tickles me to death, but hopefully the Lord will breathe on it. It actually says in Mark 6.48, he meant to pass them by. In this same story, he's walking on the water, and he meant to pass them by. Y'all, they're out rowing, getting turned all upside down and crazy. They're upset. They're freaking out. They're tired. And Jesus isn't even walking towards the boat. He's just... (laughs) Hey, guys. I see see them muscles. I see them diamonds. Peter, keep it up, bro. That's my boy. (laughs) He's just... He meant to pass them by. And then he heard all these screaming. He's like, what's that? Oh, they're freaking out. Oops. Don't be afraid. It's actually me. I was just taking a walk with dad. You know, we were hanging up on the hillside. It looked like a good place to take a walk. We just came down. Oh, y'all are in trouble? 
Obviously, he knows all things. But I love that it says he meant to pass them by. <laughs> Why? Because sometimes God is not coming to do what you're wanting him to do. He's inviting you to do what he is doing. Sometimes he's actually ignoring your request to do what you want him to do because he knows it would be better for you to do what he's doing. And he'll take even a freak out session and go, oh, hi, let's do this. Come on, come on. As soon as he gets into the boat, the wind ceases, the waves cease. John's gospel says they were immediately to the other side. I love it. Amazing, right? So cool. So here's what you don't need. You don't need all your prayers answered. You don't need the chaos to calm. Here's what you do need. Jesus. If Jesus is in your boat, it's all going to be good. If Jesus is walking on the waves, it's all going to be good. If Jesus is anywhere in the vicinity and he is everywhere, if I go to the heights, he is there. If I go to the depths, he is there. Where can I go from your spirit? You're going to be fine. It will be a much more enjoyable process if you do what he's doing. Instead of complaining in your boat. Where is God? He's not here. Doesn't he know? Doesn't he know? We got, way, we got water. We're wet. Been rowing for four hours. Doesn't he know? And Jesus is just like, here's a wave. Woo. Sucking on this. Oh, hey, guys. What is he doing? He's inviting you to a higher realm. Walking above the chaos. He doesn't always calm the storm. Sometimes he invites you to walk above the chaos. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from The Resting Place Tampa. We exist for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in our city. For more great resources like this, check out TheRestingPlaceTampa.com.